Well, we've been doing a series for the last few weeks called Rest in a Restless World. I think it's safe to say that all of us have experienced uh, the restlessness of our society, of the world around us. It's go, 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 do, 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 24-7, seven days a week. And so today, we're going to be talking specifically about a, a rhythm of rest. And the way we're going to do this, we're going to look at several different passages. Uh, first of all, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And this is what God's Word says in that passage. Uh, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And then from Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And then from Deuteronomy chapter 5. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And then finally from the New Testament, from the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is speaking here. Some people are accusing him of not keeping the Sabbath day, and he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we know we, we need you, and particularly when we're talking about laws, rules, commands, It's easy for us to get sidetracked. It's easy for us to ask the what-ifs and what-abouts. It's it's easy for us to get caught up in self-righteousness and thinking that we have the truth and we know how to live it out. No matter who we are and what we're about, that's the default of our hearts. Uh, Forgive us for that and give us by your Spirit 
eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that will receive what you have for us, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I often have prayed that you would allow me to preach powerfully, but today I'm asking not for power for me, but that you would powerfully be at work in me and in these folks who are listening, that all of us would hear your voice and respond to what it is you have for us. For your glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one true God, and for our good, and even for the good of the people around us, we pray this. Amen. Okay, so just a quick update. Um, Yes, I'm still wearing the boot. I'll probably wear that for another two weeks. But I am getting faster. Last week, I timed myself between here and the fellowship hall. Four minutes and 30 seconds. Today, it was one minute and 40-some seconds. So I feel like I'm doing great. Thank you for your continued prayer there. Hey, today I want to introduce this topic by talking about the uh, 1812 Overture by Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. Now, if you don't know this piece, I've got actually a little clip to, so you can hear what it sounds like. So you can hear, that's, that's a piece that you probably heard before, maybe at 4th of July or something along those lines. It is famous for including canons in the music. It's actually written in the score. It's not just something that they added sometime later. Uh, Tchaikovsky actually wrote it into the score. A, a few tidbits about this piece, just because I couldn't, um, I couldn't resist You know, it wasn't composed in 1812, even though it's the 1812 Overture. It was composed in 1880, and it was first performed in 1882. It has nothing to do with the War of 1812, which some people think. No, it was actually commissioned to commemorate Russia's defense against Napoleon's armies in 1812. And one more thing that I just found fascinating... um, Tchaikovsky hated the piece. I mean, he wrote it, but later on, he hated it. He, he didn't like huge displays of patriotism, and he called it a very loud, noisy, bombastic piece. He thought it lacked artistic merit, which I find fascinating. But that's not really what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about what if you were the canon player in that song? Wouldn't that be fun to blast those cannons off? But let me just, before you sign up for it, let me just tell you, 383 measures of rest before you do anything. That's one, two, three, four. Two, two, three, four. Three, four. 383 times before you actually do anything. That's 15 minutes of waiting time. Just sitting and waiting 
for that moment when you get to go. But it's worth it. In order for that moment and that peace to be as powerful as it is, there needs to be rest. If the cannon player just said, hey, I don't want to wait that long, during the softest part of the song, I'm just going to blow off the cannon, it would be terrible. And people would say, you need to fire that guy. Because it wouldn't work. No, what works is when we work when we're supposed to work and we rest when we're supposed to rest. That's how it works. (laughs) And that's not just for symphonies, that's for us as well. We work when we're supposed to work and we rest when we need to rest. And here's the good news that we want to talk about from the passages that we read today. God has graciously given us rhythms of rest. God has graciously given us rhythms of rest. I mean, think about how it could have been that God was like, you know what? You guys are so lazy. You need to work 24-7. You need to go, 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 do, do, do. But that's not God. God isn't saying that to us. That's something else that's speaking, whispering that into our ears. No, God has graciously given us rhythms of rest. Let's take a look at these passages. First of all, Genesis 2, which I read earlier. God has, in chapter 1 of Genesis, God has created everything in the space of six days, and he called it very good. And then in verse 1 of chapter 2, he says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God, rest, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, if you are an astute reader of the scriptures, you'll, you'll know this. Did God need to rest? No, he's God. God doesn't need to rest. He's all-powerful and all-wise and all-knowing, and everything that he does is perfect. He doesn't need to rest, but he did. Why? There are lots of possible answers that we can give, but I think one clear answer to that question is that he did it for, as an example for us to follow. The God who created all things, he works for six days and then he rests. Not because he had to, but because he wanted us to have a pattern to follow. And then we see that pattern spelled out in the fourth of what was commonly called the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day. That day, remember when I rested way back then in in creation? Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Six days you labor and do all your work. But the seventh day, it's a Sabbath. It's a rest to the Lord your God. That's what Sabbath means. It's a rest. On it you you shall not do any work. And not just you, 
but your son, your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. I love this because God is graciously giving us a rhythm of rest, and he's saying, look, don't take advantage of other people. Don't rest on the backs of other people. You get to rest, but you also need to give other people rest as well. See, God is graciously giving us this rhythm of rest that helps us to live in the right way, going with the grain of how he created us to be. And then we see this command reiterated in Deuteronomy 5. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. As the Lord your God has commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, a rest to the Lord your God. On it you shall do You shall not do, I keep doing this, on it you shall not do any work. You, or your son, or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your ox, or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. And if you didn't get it from there, he then says that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. See, God cares not just about you, but the people that you influence the people who are in your circles. He wants everybody to experience rest. Now, if if you've been in uh, churches for a number of years, you may have heard this command preached or taught in such a way that it just sounds like a boring burden can't do anything on Sunday. You can't do anything on the Sabbath day. You just have to like sit there and sit. That's it. You can't do anything. And that sounds so terrible when you put it that way. And here's a long list of all the things you cannot do because that would be violating God's command. And that is the way that sometimes it's been presented I want you to hear it in the way that I believe it was originally intended to be heard. You don't have to work on a day. Isn't that good news? You don't have to work on that day. You get to rest. And not just you, but people around you. You get to rest. It's a source of of refreshment to you. God is graciously saying, I know how you are built. You cannot go 24-7, seven days a week. You need rest. Let me write that into your week. Let me put that on your calendar. It's not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be a help. I think God knows what we're like, right? I mean, we get caught up in the rat race, and it's hard for us to stop running. Any witnesses to that? Sometimes it's hard for us to slow down and recognize that the world will actually keep spinning even without us. I know I am guilty of sometimes thinking, that everything's going to come to a standstill if I don't do something. It's even hard for us to admit rest, that we need rest. I was telling someone just this morning, yesterday, uh, my wife and daughter come back from shopping, 
and they've got all this stuff that they've gotten, and they need to bring it into the uh, house. And so what do I do? I get up off the couch, and I go outside, and I'm starting to bring stuff in. And Donna's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? You have a bum leg. You need to be resting. And I'm like, no, I can do this. And that's the mode that some of us get caught in. That even when we know we need to rest, even when we know we need to take some time off, we just push ourselves and push ourselves and push ourselves. And as a society, we celebrate people who do that, don't we? We celebrate people who push themselves to the point of exhaustion to accomplish something. But what have they accomplished? Something that eventually will probably be taken over by someone else and they'll run it into the ground. Or one day, it won't be around at all. Or one day, everybody will say, why was that such a big deal? That's life under the sun. But God has graciously given us a whole day in which to rest, a whole day to leave behind the burdens, the stresses, and the responsibilities of work in order to be refreshed. Then why would we ignore this? As Jesus says Himself in Mark 2, verses 27 and 28, The Sabbath was made for man, for human beings, not human beings for the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't some uh, law out there that is so important that we must come underneath it. The Sabbath was meant to be a support and a foundation for us. Yes, we are to obey it. But the reason we're to obey it is because it's good for us. It's good for us. Now, real quick, I should mention that not all Christians would agree with what I'm throwing down here. Uh, There are some Christians who think that uh, the Sabbath day no longer applies in any regard to Christians. Most of these guys would say it because they say, well... Uh, our rest is really found in Jesus, and so Jesus has fulfilled the Sabbath, and so the Sabbath really doesn't apply to us anymore. anymore. And I really, let me me just say this from the heart, I really appreciate those folks for emphasizing Jesus more than works. The church needs more of that. The church needs more people who are going to talk about Jesus more than they talk about the things we need to do. Because you can work yourself into a tizzy trying to please God and find out that it's just not going to work. No, God has given us rest in Christ. So I really appreciate what they're saying there, but I think they're missing something. Whenever someone says, you know what, I don't think the Sabbath really applies to us in any regard other than we find rest in Jesus, I have to say, I hear you, I want to affirm what you're saying, because you're exalting Jesus, and that's good, but there's a problem. There's an issue. There's something I think that you are missing, and one of those things that I think you're missing is this. 
the Sabbath rest rhythm, rhythm that God has given us, it's written into the very fabric of creation. Let me say that again. The Sabbath rest rhythm is written into the very fabric of creation. This isn't just some command that God has given. It is written into the way we exist. Let me, let me make that argument. Again, going back to Genesis 2. So God creates all things in the space of six days, and then on the seventh day, he rests. The heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work and, that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So God is saying... Before sin enters into the world, before God even gave the Ten Commandments, before any other of the laws were given, right? God says, this is how the whole of the time period of our work and rest should look like as human beings. Have you ever thought about why we have a seven-day week? I mean, seven why not 10? 10 is a little cleaner, especially if you have 30 days in a month. Seven doesn't work. Seven doesn't really work for any of the months except for February, but you know, even February has that weird leap year thing going on, so seven doesn't really work for anything. Why is it seven? It's because this is the way God designed our week. It's written into the very fabric of the created order. It's written into our very existence. And that's why in Exodus, when God gives the fourth commandment and he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, he's not introducing something brand new. He's saying, remember. Remember what I did. And, and that's backed up in verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the Sabbath, seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. That's why you do this. Because God has set it up this way. God has written it into the very fabric of our created order. And this is why we do these things. Again, Jesus says in Mark 2, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again, the Sabbath isn't some entity out there that we have to conform to. The Sabbath is something that we, we build our lives on. It's a foundational thing. God appointed, uh, this is a quote from Tim Keller in the, in the book, The Power, uh, sorry, in the uh, article, The Power of Deep Rest. He says, God appointed the Sabbath to remind us that He is working and resting. To practice Sabbath is a disciplined and faithful way to remember that you are not the one who keeps the world running, who provides for your family, 
not even the one who keeps your work projects moving forward. Now, I can feel some of us bucking up against that. Wait a second. I'm the one who provides for our family. Yeah, well, who gave you that breath in your lungs? Who gave you the abilities to do what you do? Who gave you the resources that you bring home the bacon? God does. And in every circumstance that you find yourself, who is sovereign and Lord over it so that you could work your tail off and not make a dime, or you could work just a little bit and make a fortune, right? We've seen that. We've seen people do that on both sides. Who is in charge of that? God is. So this whole idea of the Sabbath being written into creation is something we need to pay attention to. It's something that God gave us for our good. He graciously gave it so that we could find rest from the grind. And um, to just maybe massage this in just a little bit more, we harm ourselves when we ignore these rest rhythms. Okay? We harm ourselves when we ignore these rest rhythms. In an article called Why You Hate Work, Tony Schwartz and Christine Porath uh, write this The way we're working isn't working. I love that first statement. The way we're working isn't working. Even if you're lucky enough to have a job, you're probably not very excited to get to the office in the morning. You don't feel much appreciated while you're there. You find it difficult to get your most important work accomplished amid all the distractions, and you don't believe that what you're doing makes much of a difference anyway. By the time you get home, you're pretty much running on empty and yet still answering emails until you fall asleep. Any witnesses of that? We run ourselves ragged, trying to make a difference. And there's good to be in the process of trying to make a difference, but there's also a recognition, we need to recognize I'm not the one who really makes the difference. It is God who might work through me that makes that difference. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And we need to remember that. And so when God says, hey, take a day off to rest. Take a day off for refreshment. It's not... It's not a burden. It is meant to actually help us. And when we ignore that, we're hurting ourselves. No wonder we're all exhausted. No wonder we're all frustrated. No wonder so many of us can't sleep at night or are stressed or are full of anxiety because 
we're trying to do more than God has called us to. We're trying to be God in our lives. I'm so excited about this next part because for years I have have attributed a quote to C.S. Lewis and I keep saying I don't know where it actually is found because I haven't been able to find it in any of C.S. Lewis's works. It was told to me that that's who said it. But I found the source, and it's not C.S. Lewis. So please forgive me for saying it was. It was not. It was Cecil B. DeMille, the guy who made the, uh, uh, the, the Ten Commandments move me, right? And so he says we cannot break the Ten Commandments. We can only break ourselves against them. Whenever we hear the words, take a day off to rest, and we say, no, I need to work. No, I need to do this. No, I've got this. Leave me alone, God. I know what I'm doing. We're breaking ourselves on that command. Again, God's graciously given this for our good. Not to break us, but to heal us to refresh us, to make life better. And ultimately, these rhythms of rest point us to the ultimate rest we have in Christ. I don't want you to miss that. Don't think that just because you take one day off in seven that you're right with God. That's not the case. Don't think that just because you're taking one day off in seven, you're a righteous dude. You're not. Don't think that just because you're taking one day off and you're actually resting, that you're really finding true rest. Because even the Sabbath was meant to point us to something else. Think about it. When do we slow down enough to actually think about Jesus? When do we actually slow down enough to sit and be still and know that He is God? When do we slow down enough to actually say, you know what, I am not the master of my fate. I am not the captain of my soul. Jesus is. And God has graciously given us one day out of seven to be able to slow down enough to actually do that. What a great God we have, that He's given us that. These rhythms of rest, this Sabbath rest, it points us to the ultimate rest we have in Christ. Think about these words from Hebrews 10. I love this. When Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, for your sins, for my sins, for sins of people all over the world, He sat down at the right hand of God. You know what that implies? He rested. Because His work was finished. That's why at the cross He can say, it is finished. Paid in full. I've got all of your sin. I've taken it upon myself. And now you no longer have to bear it anymore. Because I've borne it for you. Now I'm sitting down to show that it's a done deal. Hallelujah. 
And notice verse 14. Yeah, it's there at the end. For by a single offering, this one sacrifice of Jesus, uh, of himself, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. He has perfected you as you are being made more into his image. There's nothing more that you can do to earn God's favor. There's nothing more you can do to try to get God to focus on you. There's nothing more you can do to make God love you. God already has shown His love, His grace, His kindness in Christ, and by Christ, one single offering for your sin, for my sin, He has perfected us for all time, and we are going to continue to be grown more and more into the image of Jesus. That is beautiful. That is so beautiful. I, I don't know about you, but on, on weeks where I struggle against my sin and I fight pride and arrogance and frustration and, and I fight all these things and then I look to this verse and I go, Jesus, you have perfected me and you're making me more like you. And one day... You will finish the work you started in me, and I will be just like you. I can't wait. And that's not just for me. That's for you guys. So we don't need to work to earn God's favor. We can rest in Jesus. And every Sabbath day, every day that we take a day off, we can take some time to go, okay, Jesus, you're king, I'm not. You're Lord, I'm not. And you have done it all and I just get to receive it. Isn't that great? Man, I got so much other stuff to say, but I think I just need to like <laughs> zoom through this. Look, you know, we, we talked about how in Genesis 2, God had created everything, and then he gave us rest. Well, we're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You don't need to try to work to earn God's favor. You're a new creation, and now you can rest in Jesus. And every Sabbath day, every Lord's day, every day that you take off, you can rest in Him. And you know how in Deuteronomy 5.15... We read these words. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out, of the, out of, from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Isn't that kind of weird? What he's saying is, look, you were under the master, Pharaoh, who was working you to death. And I saved you from that. I brought you out of slavery and I gave you freedom. And now I'm bringing you into rest. And now we read in Romans 6.6, 6, we know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. See, that's what Jesus has done. And every seventh day, we get to rest in that and go, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for saving me from enslavement to sin that was working me to death. And now you've given me life. 
And Jesus says to all of us, the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for human beings, not man for the Sabbath. Remember that because I'm the Lord of the Sabbath and I get to call the shots on what, it, on what happens there. And this is for your good. The day of rest is not a burden. It's a day when we can rest from our labor so that we can enjoy the ultimate rest of Jesus. That he has won for us in conquering death, sin, and the grave. And every day, but especially on the seventh day, we have ears to hear better. Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Every week we get to rehearse that on this day when we take a rest from our labors and hear Jesus say it to us again because we keep forgetting we keep forgetting and God has built into our very weak system a day where we can hear it again and respond yes Lord you're right I need you I'm weary I'm heavy laden give me rest give me rest today so that I can go back out during the week and do the work you called me to and then come right back and get filled up again. Again, isn't God good that he's given us that kind of a structure in our very work week? So your action point, and this should be simple, may not be easy to do, but it's simple. Apply God's rest rhythms to your life. Take that day off. And not just you, take the day off for your whole family. Take, do what you have to do to find a way to rest. One of the things that I struggle with just a little bit, and I'm not saying it's sinful, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I struggle with just a little bit, is, is how sometimes Sunday meals are so big. And there's a part of me that's like, I love that. Because it's a celebration. It's a celebration of what God has done in Christ. That he rose from the dead and we get to celebrate. Let's eat and drink and be merry. Not because of sin, because of Jesus. I get that. But there's another part of me that's like, well, there's at least one person who is slaving away in the kitchen. And working hard. And the rest of us are usually just kind of sitting around. And I wonder, is that right? Is that the right way to do this? Again, I'm not saying it's sinful. I'm just saying maybe that's something we can think about. How do we do this better? How do we find a way to make rest for everybody in our families? As uh, Tim Keller once again says in Wisdom and Sabbath Rest, the purpose of the Sabbath is not simply to rejuvenate yourself in order to do more production, nor is it the pursuit of pleasure. The purpose of Sabbath is to enjoy your God, to rest from your labors and enjoy Jesus, to enjoy life in general. 
and what you have accomplished in the world through His help and the freedom you have in the Gospel, the freedom from slavery to any material object or human expectation. The Sabbath is a sign of the hope that we have in the world to come. And so every time we take a rest, we can think about this. This day is for my good. This day is to remind me of Jesus. This day is a day where I can reflect on my week. This day is a day where I can rejoice in what God is doing in me and through me. This day is a day that will remind me of what is to come. So folks, let's rest well. Let's rest well for the glory of God, for our own good, and even for the good of others. Let me pray for us that we'll be able to do that. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you for being so gracious to us, for giving us rest, and not just rest in you, but even in our work week, a rhythm of rest to remind us you're God and we're not. <laughs> that you are the one who says it is finished, not us. And that you have taken the work, the work that we needed, the work against our sin, our selfishness, our pride, our foolishness. You've taken all of that and now you've given us graciously a day of rest and a rest in you. Will you help us to get that rhythm right? To be like the cannon player, resting when we need to rest and letting it blast for the rest of the time. Lord, for your glory, we pray this. Amen.